Hey guys, we want to welcome you to KennyMac.com podcast. And you know what? I am super excited today. I have a great group of people here with me with some friends. And uh, we're going to be talking today about our 2414 missions program. And let me tell you a little bit about this before we introduce everybody. Uh, a couple of years back, uh, we had some mission trips that were going out of our church with the youth ministry. And you know what? They were good. They were good, and we just appreciate what was taking place there and everything. But you know, I really had a passion for our students to learn about unreached peoples. And if you've listened to this podcast, you know that the biblical word for nations is the word ethnos. And really what God wants us to do is go to people groups, not necessarily countries. And so I really had a desire for young people to grow up learning how to go to the hard places. And so we started a program uh, based on Matthew 24, 14, talking about the second coming is not going to happen until the gospel goes to all these people groups. And we talk a lot about this, but about 6,000 of these people groups don't have real good access to the gospel. I mean, they could walk for days and weeks not find anybody talking about Jesus. So we embarked on a little experiment. And so that experiment involved training students for a year, and we would let them be in front of people like Dr. Nick Ripkin. Uh, we would let them be in front of friends of mine at the IMB, and they would learn, and we would teach them about story and all kinds of things. And then, at the end, they would go to Africa, and they would get to work among, un, uh, work among an unreached people group. And you know what, guys? The results have been amazing. I've just seen God move in these young people. And you know what? They're awesome. They can handle You know, the, the big problem was working with their parents. I mean, they were more scared than the kids were to, for them to go, you know? But they came back Fearless. As a matter of fact, I'm sitting with a couple of them that have already been to another African country and seen some interesting things. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But I want to introduce to you who is in the room today. And we first have Dr. Jeff Britton. He's not really a doctor, but he is a good buddy, and he is one of my leaders here with 2414. And next to him is sitting Taylor Snyder. Taylor was with uh, one of our, uh, no, one, not one, it was the first. She was first our test one. case. Yeah. Yeah, she was our test case. Guinea pigs. She was a guinea pig. She was a good one, though. And she is now serves as one of our alumni leaders. Uh, next to her is Benjamin Britton, and yes, that is Jeff's son, his yeah. oldest son. Yeah. And Benjamin's not only been as a student on the second year, third year he went back as alumni leader, and then after that he also went back to Africa to serve with one of our missionaries there. And then to my left, coming on around the room, we have Callie Wolf. Callie was just in our last group, which was a little different because we went to the same place, but we did not get to stay in the same place, so that doesn't matter to our listening audience, but you know, it's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. So uh, guys, welcome. Welcome. Thanks. All right, here's what we're going to do. All right, I want you guys to speak up. All right. Tell us why you signed up for 2414 in the first place. And you know what, Taylor, I'm putting you on the spot because this thing was brand new. Nobody knew anything about it. So tell us why you even signed up. Okay. So I had always liked the idea of, like, missions, but I didn't know what that was. Um, When I was in middle school, I just remember seeing this video. I think it was in church. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. Um, But I didn't know what that was. And so when, um, and I had talked to Kenny Mack about it and just like this idea of like going to different countries and telling people about Jesus. And he 
then he approached me my senior year of high school and said, hey, we're just starting this program called 2414 where we train you and then we get to go on a mission trip to Africa. Would you want to do it? And of course, I was like, my first gut instinct was like, heck yeah, like, let's do it. Um, But, you know, I kind of took a few days to pray about it and really just like think it over. Um, and I was actually, I think, past the deadline. I was like, wait, can I still do it? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, I don't like, think yeah. you had to really pray over it. That's just, <laughs> yeah. that's just Christianese. Yeah, like, Christianese. Come on. Let me try. She had her pen out but after I finished. <laughs> but of course, I was like, can I still do it? And he's like, of course, definitely. And, you know, I just, ever since then, it's just been a, a journey of me getting toward, working towards this goal. So. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. No, Benjamin was in our second year. You kind of had the, the benefit of hearing from the Taylors of that class, but tell us why you signed up. I mean, why would you want to go to Africa? Yeah, so good question. Uh, Kind of starting back in middle school, I got to go on, and then kind of going into high school, got to go on a few short-term mission trips, just domestic trips, um, and really enjoyed it, was really um, getting a feel for it, and thought it was a lot of fun, um, and really started thinking about, you know, what is this, is this something I could do either, you know, part-time or full-time in the future? Um, And so sophomore year of high school, I was able to go on a trip to the U.K., that our church did. That was my first international trip, um, and that was a blast and really sparked my interest for international missions. And so then I heard about uh, 2414 and got to hear a little bit about it from those who went prior, like Taylor, um, and was like, you know, this is really cool. It's not just going to people who already have the gospel, but we have the opportunity to go see what it's like in a completely different context with people who speak an entirely different language and an entirely different culture who have heard the gospel. And so that was really intriguing for me. Um, wow. it, was, it was a blast. That's awesome. And we'll talk in a little bit about actually Taylor and Benjamin went for a month in the same country. And uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, Callie, I'm going to come to you and uh, ask you, why did you sign up? You were our last full class. Now we have a class that hasn't finished yet because of COVID, yeah. but uh, you were our last full class and you signed up. Uh, tell us why you signed up. Why do you want to do this? Um, I've always loved traveling in the first place, so um, anywhere out of seas is just like peak of interest for me, and then also involved the gospel in that, and that just really took my heart. I just really wanted to go and um, serve, and so just hearing about this trip and hearing everybody else's experiences from previous years, um, I was just very interested, and I liked the idea of getting training before going and just learning how to actually spread the gospel efficiently, especially in unreached people groups. Yeah, and we take these guys out, and we take them to D.C. and dump them on the mall there in Washington. It's not a shopping mall, but it is a mall, and they go out and meet internationals and stuff like that. But Jeff Britton sitting over here, man, tell me. you That's Dr. Jeff Britton. Dr. Jeff Britton to me. Everybody else can call him Jeff. I have to call him Dr. Jeff. But uh, you know what? He's had three kids go through this. He's had three years' worth of this, and one was an online little alumni leader and two other sons. Why did you, and now you're on the leadership team. Yeah. Why? So I mean, why do you want to, you don't want to join Kenny Mac, do you? Come on. KennyMac.com. Yeah, that's right. Who you're that's hiring right. and I could use a little side hustle. So no, you know, for me, it was seeing the life change in Benjamin and seeing the passion that your leadership in this trip gave to my son um, and the leader that he is in our house with his younger brothers, wow. encouraging them to uh, consider their options and missions. And so after that, Jacob went. And then after that, Jonathan went, and I went with Jonathan. But what really got me into it, Kenny, was um, first off participating in our, our 
prior mission trips with the church anyway, right? So oh, yeah. I, I had a heart for missions to begin with before 2414, but, but seeing the life change in my two sons, selfishly saying, I had to go see what it was all about. And wow. so you allowing me to come in and be a leader on the trip with Jonathan and Callie um, uh, on that trip really gave me the opportunity to hear and see what they're talking about, yeah. but then put it into place and help support those conversations when we get back home with other kids, when we're recruiting new kids and stuff. Say, I've been there. I can tell you how it works. Um, but ultimately, I like I like serving with you and alongside you for the gospel and oh, wow. experience new cultures. And it was a great opportunity to do that. And so. Jeff's been an incredible addition, helping flesh out some stuff. And uh, we've had some pretty good adventures on mm-hmm. that, like mm-hmm. this last trip. And we're going to get into that in just a minute. So we're going to take a break real quick, and we'll be right back. All right, we are back, and we are excited to have you guys here. You know, Jeff, one of the things that I noticed, and I don't know if you noticed this last year on your first trip there to this African country, great African country, by the way, we love it there, is that the stories coming out of these unreached peoples that may have or may not have ever even heard of Jesus, you never know, uh, are incredible, aren't they? You know, you hear about it, but when you see it firsthand, it's just amazing. It's just It'll change your life. It will change your life. And Benjamin, you had one that I'm just going to ask you to share a little bit more about it and what you heard and saw and all that. Sure. Yeah, so one day you, me, and another guy named Kevin, we were walking down just doing what we would do. We would get up in the mornings, and we would just go out into the streets, and we would just walk around with a translator. And our goal was just to have conversations with people, just get to know people, maybe set up different, you know, hopefully build bridges start relationships up to be able to you know pass that off to the translators and the missionaries there to be able to have further conversations further connections Um, and so we were just walking and and eventually bumped into this carpenter Um, and so we just sat down he offered us some tea and so we just sat down and started hanging out with him Um, started spending some time with him and eventually we got to he opened us up to us and and said you know I had this dream I, I wonder if you can tell me a little bit about it he said there was this I was I woke up and I was on this one side of this river and it was this massive raging river that stood in between me and this other guy who was on a horse just dressed head to toe in white. And he said, uh, come to me. And the guy said, I, I can't. There's this big river. I can't get to you. And he said, I'll show you. I'll send you someone to show you how you can come across to me. And so that was just this like wow moment for us. I'd never, you know, I'd heard of people having dreams. But I'd never, you know, gotten to experience a story like that firsthand on my end. And just to be able to hear that and then be able to, you know, Ken got to then go into the story of the resurrection and be able to tell him, you know, hey, like, this is the guy that was on the horse and this is, like, you can know him. Like, we're here to give you the gospel to where you can know this, you know, this guy on this horse. Like, his name is Jesus and he can save you. And so it was just this really neat opportunity. We are able to leave him with a French Bible, uh, invite him to be able to come and watch the Jesus film later. And so it was just this really awesome opportunity, uh, just mind-blowing story. Yeah, and you know what? The, the neat part of that is that we went back in some, uh, later years, and uh, Kevin had gone back as an alumni leader, <laughs> and uh, we were walking through that neighborhood, or somebody else, one of our other leaders, and his name, uh, well, I won't mention his name, but he saw Kevin and he recognized him. He goes, you're the guy from last year. Invited him into the house and showed us that he had been reading that French Bible. 
And I went back the next year, and he'd been reading his French Bible. So we just see some neat stuff happening. But, Taylor, you had some stuff happen the very first year. Yeah. That's kind of yeah, exciting. Tell us about what's going on there. So similar to Ben, we were out just, you know, walking through the neighborhood and um, with our translator. And we were walking by this little shop, and these gentlemen, were older gentlemen, were sitting down, and they, you know, started yelling at us and not um, – and said, hey, like, our, our translator said, they're, they're inviting us to have tea with them. And so we're like, okay, let's have tea on the side of the road in 98-degree weather. It's kind of what you do, <laughs> It's you know? kind of what you do. You have tea on the side of the road. It's like in this it's super, super minty hot tea. And um, But we were just sitting there, and we look over, and our translator had started talking to this, this one of these gentlemen, and we asked him, like, hey, what are you doing? And he's like, or what are you guys talking about? Um, and he's like, oh, I'm, I'm telling them, I'm telling them a story. I'm telling about, I think it was like the prodigal son. Um, I'm just telling them a story. And we only been there for maybe two minutes. Wow. Um, and so it was just really eye opening to me how open people are to hearing the gospel, especially in these so-called Muslim countries. Um, you know, they're so open to hearing about, about Jesus or about just uh, Bible stories because, you know, it's almost like they know that they're missing something right? and and they're searching for it. Um, And so we got to sit there and we got to talk to them a little bit more and just tell them more stories and just to kind of, you know, just like just have conversation with them and and get to know them. And we told the missionaries about them. And so, yeah, that's awesome. You know, one of the things that we do with 2414 is we teach them story and as you can hear. And uh, maybe I'm going to ask Callie here. I'm going to put her on the spot because this is not what I asked her to teach. But we took you up to D.C. We dumped you off. <laughs> Literally <laughs> dumped her right? off yeah. with another team member. And uh, we put them out on the mall and there in D.C. because the mall, we're cl- we live close. Uh, there's a lots of international peoples there, and we invited them. We actually gave them a task to go out and tell <laughs> stories. And th- they're taught how to tell stories, but it's it's one thing to be taught, right, guys? Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. different to actually go out and do it. Yeah. Would you say? <laughs> and so, but you know what, guys? These guys are incredible. They can jump on it and tell a story, and I've seen them come home, and one of the things I've found is that they're fearless. They don't mind sitting down and going, well, that reminds me of a story of such and such. So, Callie, what was it like being dumped off on the mall and having to find some internationals and tell a story? Tell us what that was like. Well, it was a little intimidating at first. Um, I asked this one lady where she was from, and she actually told me Massachusetts. So, um, <laughs> that shows the great ethnicity of America. <laughs> yeah, so um, we were actually just supposed to go out there and find people from other countries and see where they're from and just like ask around but it was a good eye-opening experience just finding out that people like Muslims are in America like all over and they're not hard or scarce to find and they're like around you more often than you know and it's just they're so open to what we have to say in our religious beliefs, and they're so open with their religious beliefs that it's easy to get into a gospel conversation. Well, let me ask you this, and Jeff, you can jump in here. Yeah, uh, you know, story, have you found that to be a good way to share the gospel? Has it been difficult? 
I mean, the way Jeff and I grew up, and I'm older than Jeff, but the way I grew up is like very much older. Oh like, yeah, yeah, really very much. Like, like 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 a year ten. Yeah. <laughs> no, like I'm not. Well, we're not going to say. <laughs> we're just not going to say that. But uh, anyway, so I was taught. You know, you sit down and do this presentation, 45 minutes, and you expect them to sit there. Right. <laughs> and uh, that's the way we had to do it. Did y'all find that storying was easy? Good. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think it's easy because you think about it, if you grow up the way we might have grown up, you got to get right or you get left, right? I mean, it, it's, it's the fire and brimstone, get to them. But, but what I found, especially in that culture, was just the receptivity to just, hey, how you doing? Yeah. And sitting down and talking. And, and those, mm-hmm. the people over there wanted us to experience their culture so bad. They would invite us in, they would have tea, they would ask us about our families and what we're doing, very, very heavy family-oriented. And so when you've got that relationship, instantly have that relationship by the way not just it took three years to get there it's mm-hmm. three minutes mm-hmm. it gives you the chance to say hey do you mind if I tell you a story and and thanks to your training with our teams and stuff I've witnessed the experience of the story I think we've all talked about the experience of story and and it just helps paint the gospel in a relatable way that they can remember to where you're walking down the street the next year and the guy says hey I know you yeah. because they remember that story yeah right? and it's yeah. just amazing it's just I've amazing. had a guy come up and ask me because we take uh, other we have a partnership in this area country and I'm walking down this African street and he comes up and goes hey do you know John and mentioned his last name and I'm looking at him going like I'm the only Anglo guy in all of Africa you know <laughs> right. and, and I go well I, I actually do know that guy right. you know right. and right. evidently he had shared the gospel with him last year yeah. at, out on the street in one of our yeah. trips and stuff like that really cool. let me ask you this has it translated at all and look don't be afraid to say yes no but if, has it translated as you come home into American culture where you could use storing to maybe talk to some of your friends. And I'm not saying you have to get right into a gospel presentation right there, but has it helped in being able to share stories at all? Has it helped? And if so, tell me how. Yeah, I would say it's it's different. Um, it's different than how I've at least experienced it over, you know, in Africa when we were there, where it was uh, a very much, it was it's a very storing oral learning culture. And so because of that, um, a lot of the ways they were taught was just through this oral learning. And so it's really easy to launch into something like that because it's, familiar it's able to you're able to take something that they're you know experiencing in the moment um, in terms of if they're you know talking about they're not sure about you know their next meal or you know they are you know they own a food cart you can talk about okay Jesus provided you know the story of the fish and the loaves and the feeding of the 5,000 you know um, and so there's just different ways you can relate and so uh, you know there I was stories start to finish you know a little more I guess structured mm-hmm. um, but at least in terms of my ministry back here uh, just at college uh, on my hall and different things like that, uh, it just very much was able to allow me to encounter situations and scenarios where different stories and different, you know, scenarios just in the Bible and, and different things I experienced to be able to just launch and be like, you know, this applies to this, you know, this aspect of the Bible, this story applies to this person's life right now. It allows, you know, to encourage them, you know, to point out things in their life that I don't think I would have thought about just because that's not how my approach was to the Bible and how I understood the Bible until it like 2414 forced me to really rethink how I viewed the scriptures and how I viewed what all that looks like. How about the rest of you guys? What do you think? I think kind of bouncing off what Ben said, you know, it's it the story storying teaches you to approach the Bible differently. Um, cause exactly what he said, like I, whenever I'm talking to people, um, whether it be friends or coworkers or whatever, and they're sharing their life with me, I'm like, Hey, this, you know, like he said, this story could really apply to their life right now. Like I see the story of, 
um, the prodigal son differently. Like I understand it better and I understand it differently because I kind of see it in real life, if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Jeff, were you going to say something? Yeah, I also say I, I think the storing, the art of storing, which I'm not mastering, I'm trying, we're all trying to get better at, but it reminds us what we can do here, right? But, right. To, but to me, it's the stories about storing that I'm able to relate to over here. Yeah. If I see something, I, I mean, rarely would I see a Taylor, I'm making it up, we're having lunch, and she's like, yeah, my son just ran away or something. I'm like, well, let me tell you about the prodigal son, right? I mean, I, it's, just not, it's just not what I would probably bounce into. And Taylor's not enough to have kids. I'm just I'm just, I'm just an example. But my point is that... that We're going to have a hard time backtracking exactly, on this Exactly, exactly. He did not have lunch with Taylor. No, no, no. She does not have kids. Exactly. But what I'm saying is that... But, but it's allowed me to say... Yeah, I went to Africa or wherever, and they said, well, did you have fun? I'm like, man, let me tell you about a time when I told a story or this story, this opportunity came up. And and a couple times the people have said, you know what, I needed to hear that. And it was not necessarily about what the prodigal son's doing in their life or anything like that, but it's the stories about storing that I am find more impactful over here for me personally yeah. than actually, hey, let me tell you about the prodigal son. Right? Yeah. It's just a big yeah. difference. So. Callie, would you add anything to that? Yeah, I kind of second what everyone says. Um just storing helps you to just correlate different things during like conversations and it might not directly go into a gospel conversation but it definitely leads to the gospel like all these stories are part of the gospel and so um, even just one story can lead that way even if it isn't with you you're at least planting a seed yeah yeah that's great well we're gonna take a quick break and we will be right back All right, we are back, and we want to welcome you. You know, one of the reasons, guys, that I really wanted to start 2414 was that I began to notice in churches that they were going on mission trips to places that were safe, easy, and you know what? While they were poor, they had the gospel. And, you know, that's okay. That's great. But you know what? The biblical narrative, starting in Genesis 12 all the way through Revelation uh, 5, 9, and 7, 9, is there's going to be every ethnic group around the throne. And you know what? When I begin to look at the statistics, that there's 2.7 billion people that don't have access. Now, I'm talking about access. I mean, that means they could walk for days and weeks and not find anybody telling about Jesus. And they didn't have very good access to the gospel. But I also noticed something that only 0.3% of all Christian dollars were going to that people group. I mean, it's insane. And so I thought, we'll, we'll never get there at this rate. So I really wanted to raise up a generation. And uh, so we started with juniors and seniors in high school. I talked a little bit about that earlier. And uh, they have been incredible. Guys, I want to ask a question. You know, one of the things I run into all the time is the word nations. And as you know, that word nations in the Bible means ethnic groups. And again, you know, there's 6,000 ethnic groups that don't have the gospel. And uh, there's 3,000 that haven't even heard anything. They don't have a single church. So let me ask you, was that a surprise? Was that a surprise to you? Benjamin, what do you think? Was that a surprise when you first heard that? It may not have been. You may have already heard that. Yeah, no, for me, I, I think it was a surprise. Uh, it was my junior year of high school. And, you know, coming into the program, I didn't, I didn't really know that was the, the goal. And then, Ken, you know, that was one of the main, one of the first things we went over, you know, the verse that, 
is surrounding through you know what we're doing is Matthew twenty four fourteen, and so it says the gospel go to the ends of the earth, you know, to each people group. And so for me, I just always you know I don't I don't even know if I'd really ever heard that verse or if I had that I'd ever really thought about what it meant. Um, and so for me, if you just asked me off the cuff, you know, before 2414, what that verse meant, I would have said, yeah, you know, we just need to go to all the nations, um, geopolitical nations. And so, but starting off with that basis of ethnos really blew my mind and was like, wait a second, you know, there's so many more, you know, that the, what we have to do now is, it's just mind blowing. The implications that that has versus, you know, the certain amount of nations versus the thousands and thousands and thousands of people groups that are out there. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And Callie, you know, you were with the last full group, full group. I mean, uh, what do you think? I mean, is that something you'd heard? You may have. You grew up in church. As a matter of fact, every one of y'all grew up in the church, right? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I grew up in church, but I had not realized that um, it meant ethnos, which was people groups. And I didn't realize there were so many of them rather than compared to countries, at least. And so just looking at that versus going to countries was kind of crazy to think about, especially when I can drive 10 minutes down my own road and see about 20 um, of my own churches that I have um, access to, but they have no access to a church for miles or days or weeks or however long. So um, taking the time and um, making a commitment to go out and go to those people groups instead of just a country that's already has has access to the gospel is really important. Yeah, yeah. And, and and you know what? For me, when I began to learn this, you know, it's hard. You know, you, you can't just go into, let's say, a foreign country. And like one country we go to in Central Africa, one of our partnerships, there's like in this one area, there's 140 different people groups. So there's 140 different nations. All of them have a different language. And so, you know, I, I, I think that's, that's just incredible. And so, Taylor, when you first came in, first program, you were there. Uh, come on, tell me you've already heard that. You already had heard that, right? No, I you haven't. You had not. I hadn't. I, I, and I re- this this um, project, 2414 project, has made me realize how much, like, how little emphasis mich- like missions has mm-hmm. in youth group. We don't learn, we don't learn that. And I think it's, we should, like, start teaching that at a younger age because it's so crucial and it's opened my eyes to so many things about, mm-hmm. you know, the nations, like, uh, Benjamin and Callie said, you know, it's not just the country, it's like the individual people groups in each country. And like you said, there's like 140 people groups in one country. That's so many people that, you know, don't have the Bible in their language, don't have, um, have never even heard of the name of Jesus. And that's like, there are people who have never, ever heard of the name of Jesus. Like you say, oh, do you know who Jesus is? They say, no, does he live in the village next to us? Like, yeah. It's, yeah. And it's crazy to me. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah. It, it is. I, I'll tell you a quick story. I, I was in an African country, and to me, that they're all, you know, I mean, we're all in the, they're all of this country. You know, like we would say, we're Americans. Well, they're that country. And so I began to learn real fast that one guy was telling me he was from this tribe over here, and they actually hated that tribe, and they were like 10 miles apart. And what I realized, and he told me a story. He said, and it was more than a 1,000 years ago, that the other tribe had come into his tribe and had, had raided their tribe and stole some of their children, taken them back, and used them as servants. And I began to realize for a 1,000 years that tribe hated that other tribe. And if the gospel goes to that tribe, they're not going to go tell that other tribe because they don't, I mean, they have, they're the same. They speak, some of them might even speak a similar 
language or they might have a common language. I had one guy in a northern African country tell me 1,400 years ago the Arabs came in and made us be Islamic and I want the free choice now to be what I want to be. And I'm like, wow, you're going back 1,400 years? That's crazy. And so, Jeff, as you watched your students, your your kids, I'll mm. call them that. They're not kids anymore. They're adults. Right. Benjamin is working, and uh, uh, he is a, a full-grown man now. <laughs> He's <laughs> off the payroll, baby. He's off, <laughs> He's off the payroll. He's off Jeff's payroll. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He's off Jeff's payroll. By the way, you get that check from you for yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's good. What have you seen in your kids as they've learned some of this stuff about nations? And you've got three of them. Yeah. So, uh, interestingly enough, I've learned a lot about missions from them through you, mm-hmm. right? And so, I will be in the raise my hand club that I did not realize that ethnos meant people groups. Yeah. Right. I've been thinking how many countries we got and why are we not in that country? Well, yeah. in the in, and but the, the other things I've learned through them and other missions projects they've done is you don't have to go around the world to work with a people group. That's right. That's right. We've got people groups, especially where we live here, even refugee people groups. We've got things we can do locally that still, those people need the gospel just like the people over there do. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's many, there's a lot of things we can do locally, which is important, but internationally, we've got to do that too. Yeah, so, that's right. But to me, it's like the work's never done yet. We've got plenty to do yeah, to get there. Yeah, we so. do. You know, one of the other things that I'm going to jump into here right quick, guys, is we really wanted y'all to learn strategy. Mm-hmm. And, and and the right strategy is good. Strategy is not everything. Prayer is everything. God's working is everything. Us going, that's a part of it. But strategy has something to do with it. Uh, and and I'll, I'll give you an easy example. You know, I've seen a lot of churches go into some of these easy places. And, and guys, I've done this. I, I was ignorant. And they go into a place. I didn't say I was stupid. I said I was, I was ignorant. There's a different. That means I just didn't know. For those of you who don't know what that word means, but uh, anyway, uh, you know, I went in and handed out Bibles. And uh, the, when I started that, it worked in the country I started in. It worked. They could all read. But you know what? You can't go into some of these countries and hand out a Bible because you got you got you know seventy percent illiteracy rate. They're an oral people. And one of the things that we really wanted them to learn is strategy. And I'll give you an example of how orality works. In our area here in Virginia, um, just in this area, it's 1.7 million people in what we call Hampton Roads. And did you know that 28% of the people here, according to the 2010 census, are totally illiterate? Hmm. Totally wow. illiterate. Another 31% are functionally illiterate, which means they can read, but they don't really learn by reading, you know? Mm-hmm. That means 59% of the people usually don't read. And so what I wanted these students to learn is about orality, is about storying, because that can be applied right here in America. And we talked a little bit about that earlier. And so those are one of the strategies that we wanted to teach them. Uh, I do want to ask something, too, though. I'm putting them on the spot because I didn't ask them this earlier, or I didn't tell them I was going to ask them this. Is there a strategy that you saw in 2414 that kind of piqued your interest and you went, oh, now that's interesting? I mean, there's several I can think of that I could bring up. For example, it's about the culture you're going into. You know, a strategy could be, uh, and I'll take this away. You, if you try wearing girls, if you try wearing shorts in a Muslim country, that's probably not a good missional strategy. Mm-hmm. You probably need to dress like them, you know, and fit into their culture. But are there any? And there may not be. But are there any strategies that you learned that you saw? Wow, that hit me. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll jump in, and it. 
it's maybe something the way you run this program as opposed to what I thought missions was. And so one of the learnings I've got or one of the things that strategies of this country that I think a lot of people might fall into the opposite of is instead of going to Africa to build a church for somebody, mm. we went to Africa to help the locals. Mm-hmm. Now, I've been involved in a lot of mission trips. And I've and now and I know a lot of friends go on a lot of mission trips. You know it. It's awesome, like you said. You want to help people. That's fine. But the strategic purpose of taking a group of people to a small village and taking the money and building the church for them takes money away from the local economy. It takes. It's there's a whole thing around that. Which, what I learned the most, probably one of the biggest things about this whole program was just missional strategy to not do it that way. Or, or yeah. that's one way to consider it. But. I would really go into the people groups and really working with the people groups is what it's all about. Yeah, and so what would we call that, students? I'm really going to put them on the spot. There's one word we use that we call that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, Okay, okay, okay. Uh, See, I I didn't teach them very good. Taylor's been been an alumni leader. What are you talking about? We've been talking about this. I'm I'm just teasing you, girl. Um, It's called dependency. Uh, dependency we do not want to create dependency Mm -hmm. and I've seen it happen Mm -hmm. when churches go in and dump money and uh, I saw it ruin a pastor where they dumped a lot of money on him so all right we're going to take a break and we will be right back All right, and we are back, and we're (laughs) glad to have you guys here. And uh, we're talking about 2414, a program of our church. And we've got uh, three of our students here, former students. They're all alumni and one of our leaders. And uh, we're talking about different strategies that they learned during this process and different ideas that hit them. And so, Benjamin, you were talking in the break about something, and I'm going to let you tell a little bit about what you learned, what you thought, you know, things like that. Yeah, it's... One of the things that was the hardest for me to grasp and was just kind of this this light bulb was really the concept of long-term engagement and what that looks like instead of, you know, we're not just about a trip. Because I feel like when you use the word trip, there's a lot of Western um, connotations. That means we're going to go, we're going to go to a place, do a thing, take a, get, take a day, go to the amusement park, you know, have a little fun time, do all these different little things. Um, and it becomes very much about what we're doing and less about the people and what's going on and how we can yeah. partner with yeah. the local missionaries, yeah. how we can partner with what God's already doing there instead of trying to force our own thing. Um, and so, and with that was just the concept of, at least for me, this being versus doing kind of cultural thing where, you know, I, sometimes the best thing was just to sit down, walk around the street, have tea, no timetable. You just sit down, you hang out for as long as possible, and you're just living life and doing life with people. Mm-hmm. And the whole, the point of it isn't, you know, it was so hard because I, you know, there would be times, I remember at one point where there was just this really long, awkward pause, and I didn't know what to do. I was just fumbling. I was trying to think of something I could say because it's just so, when, you know, at least over here, when you run out of things to say, you hop on your phone, you finish the conversation, you wrap up, you move on. But it was just this concept of being in each other's presence and just finding joy and just being with one another, even if there's nothing to say. And so that was something that was so weird and so hard for me to get, but that there's so much value in just being with people. And there's so many relational things that come along with that, that then can lead into story and can lead into, you know, partnerships with local ministries, with the missionaries, with the translators that then can lead to, you know, 
three, four years worth of conversations that eventually lead to, you know, a person accepting Christ versus us just going in and saying, let's paint your, you know, let's paint your school for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, kind of bouncing off Ben, I think another um, aspect that of, of short-term mission trips that can often be overlooked is the missionaries themselves, you know, the missionaries that are in country. Yeah. Um, and I, um, at least when we went to Africa the first time and then when I went back for a month to another African country, we... Um, took some stuff for the missionaries, things that they may have needed from America that they didn't have access to in in country. Um, and so it's, I think it's an important, because they're there all the time. We're there for like 10 days. They're there year-round doing the nitty-gritty, um, getting getting their hands dirty every day. And we just get like a little, a little speck, a little taste of what it's really like. And so, you know, it's important to... Um, build those relationships with the people that you encounter but also remember that the, you know the missionaries there are the ones that have to go back or get to go back and you know keep developing those relationships and building those relationships and um and so it's important to take care of them however you can whatever that may be yeah going off what taylor said i was just, um i think it's important to definitely go under their wing instead of trying to take over yourself and yeah. it's about definitely. going in doing what they need you to do and not what you want to do. So it's, you don't want to go and just have a, um, a photo shoot and get your pictures for Instagram, but you want to go and help them and, <laughs> like, get your... Yeah. <laughs> There's a little bit of that. I yeah. guess. We are Talking so to American the king of Instagram across yeah. the table here. Yeah. <laughs> there, yeah. <laughs> but you're going to get your nails dirty, too, for them, and it's not just about you. It's about what you can do to help them. And looking at um, long-term engagement, it's cool because I got to see the effects of that while in Africa. Um, I would be walking down the street and somebody would yell at me and be like, I know so-and-so from last year, three years ago. And it was just really cool to see how we've made an impact there over a span of... Six years. Yeah, six years. Six years so. going on how long? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, that is that is an incredible point. I love that because, yeah, we're there to carry, help carry out uh, the field people strategy because they're the ones that know. That's a great point. And actually, all, all what all of these guys said just makes my my uh, joy go up immensely because they're learning and uh, man, they are transmitting this. And you know, I think these students can change the world and they can change missions. Look, these guys aren't necessarily going to be missionaries. They might, they might not. And, and that, but that's not what the program is about. It's about helping them, whatever church they're in to really challenge the status quo of just going to a place, raising money, building a building for them, and creating worse dependency and going to a place that already has the gospel, you know. And uh, so that's kind of crazy. You know, here's where I would like to probably end up with this is one of the things I was I was not really ready for was um, parents pushing back and going, yeah. And, uh, you know, I've been all around the world many times. I've probably been in 30, 35 countries. That's probably low for some of the other mission pastors. But I've been in a lot of countries, been around with guys holding it. So it's not a big deal to me, and I didn't even think about it, you know. And I've got kids their age. My kids are all the age of these guys. And I didn't think anything about it. But, boy, I got some pushback at, at the at the very first level. And finally I... I looked at one of the parents, and, you know, he's a good friend, and he's a good guy, and, he, and finally I looked at him, and I just said, look, she does not have to go, you know, and I, he, he kind of backed off, but the cool thing happened on that trip was she went, changed her life, she told her dad about it, who was a military guy, and he was a good guy, a very good security guy, 
And uh, he ended up going, and it was just an incredible experience for him too. Mm-hmm. But Jeff, I want I want to ask yeah. you to speak to the parents a little bit, <laughs> since you 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 yeah. you and another one other family hold the record. Y'all have three students. There three we go. There we go. Vested. <laughs> but yeah. So the thing about that, well, let me just back up. Twenty four fourteen is different. Twenty four fourteen is not I mean, other mission trips. You can show up and do a paintbrush, right? You don't do how to paint a house training before you go, right? right? Or you you don't really train much on how to do a backyard Bible club before you go because you got you just go show up and do. But right. that's the 2414 is different. 2414 requires commitment, but it also requires identification of kids that have a heart for missions to be in this. It's a year's worth of training. It's it's cultural training, which is probably one of the most important elements of what we do in this before we go. It's uh, strategic training about why we're doing what we're doing. It's biblical training. It's storing. It's it's a year's worth of preparation for the culmination of a week that hopefully changes in the Lord's will their lives as well as the lives of the people going on the trip. And that's typically what happens. It impacts, as you said before, it impacts us as much yeah. as or more than yeah. the ones before. So, so I, you know, in your first year, Taylor's year, I'm sure some parents are like, okay, you're going to take some kids over to Africa on your own with a couple more adults. We're going to fly these 14 hour trips or whatever we're doing. And I'm sure I could see, but, but Kenny, one thing is that the success of the trip, I think is, is proven through the longevity of the, of the program so far. And so what I would say with this, the parents side of it is this, you know, if God places um, a desire in your child's heart to go and that child is, willing to do the work it takes to attend a 24-14 trip, then I wouldn't get in God's way. These trips have changed the lives of my kids. They've changed the lives of, of those kids' parents um, when it comes to missions. And and I and I tell the parents, it will bless you as much as it's going to bless your kids and hopefully bless the people of Africa or wherever your kids are going. And so, um, yeah, there's risks. You know, there's <laughs> I've had one of the kids, you know, get sick over there. It is what it is. But but he's better. Guess what? He's right here with us right now. So it's not. He went it, back. And he went, and he went back, right? And, and so and, and you know what? He's going to learn how to use that prosthesis pretty soon. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. But you know what? It wasn't that bad. <laughs> see, see, it's, it's just a, a leg. It's just <laughs> a leg. But see, it all goes back to following rules, Ken. If they would follow the rules and not eat certain things, we those, might not yeah. be in this For those listening, right we are joking. Right. Yeah. right. Right, right, he just right. got a little sick. We've had a few people eat stuff they shouldn't, yeah. which we're told not to, and we're yeah. told not to. And yeah. Uh, yeah. we also carry a nurse with yeah. us, and right. they have good doctors in this yeah. country. So I just tell the parents to trust the program, trust the process, trust the Lord, trust Pastor Ken, and it'll be all good. Well, so. and trust Jesus. Yeah, I would yeah. agree with that first one there. So, well, guys, I thank you for joining me. You know, I really appreciate these guys because. Our alumni have been incredible. You know, most of them, I I feel like they're my kids. I really do. Every one of them, every one of them that's gone through the program, I just, you know, they may not feel that way towards me, but I feel a special, like, kindred, like, like you've gone through it. You know, it's like a military program or, I don't know, some other program of training you go through and you go, man, we went through this together, you know. Uh, And, and, you know, it's funny. Like Navy SEAL training. Navy SEAL training, not even near close, but it's kind of fun. And I'm thinking of Callie here to the left. Uh, We are in a van. Uh, nine o'clock at night, out in the middle of oh, Africa. Yeah. <laughs> the airport's an hour away, and that thing breaks down. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, I've got 13, 12, I don't know how many people with me, and what are we going to do? And we ended up calling our yeah. interpreters, and it was hilarious. They came and, uh, what's that thing called? A, a karapi. Karapi, yeah. Karapi, Google it. Google Karapi <laughs> in Africa. It's a beautiful painted bus. It has no windows. Uh, it was nice and cool, and here come our 
interpreters to the rescue, and uh, they were awesome, and we got through all that. We got to the airport on time. Just those kind of stories just yeah. brought us close together, and, and of course, the other two are looking at me like, I didn't have that happen. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> we're trying to stay away from those stories, exactly. but praise God for Man, cell to tower. Butt in, to butt in for a second, I yeah. feel like the biggest thing that I learned that Pastor Ken drilled into our head this whole time that was just proven again and again and again was this mantra he gave us was blessed are the flexible for they, they will, will not, not be bent out of shape. shape. Wow, because that's the one thing they learned. We spent a year for them to learn that. Yeah, I mean, because you go on this trip and, you know, even I, I am very much a planner. And even before this podcast, I was shooting, shooting Ken a text saying, hey, what are we talking about? What are we doing? What's the plan? Uh, it still hasn't changed. But what, still trying, man. Meaning still I didn't tell him anything. You know? that's what I mean. Exactly. But what happens is, is you go to these places and buses break down, yeah. plans change, things are different. You know, you may not be able to go visit these people. You may, based off the weather, not be able to do this thing and just shifts. You have to completely change directions on a moment's Absolutely. notice. Yeah. And and that can really throw you out of shape. That can throw, you know, the whole trip out of whack if you're not careful. But being able to go with the mindset of we're ultimately there to serve the missionaries and serve the people and it doesn't matter ultimately what we're doing if it's part of the plan or if it's not, as long as we're there with the heart to serve. Yeah, if you're a to-do list person, Benjamin, it's it's not easy, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, parting words before I end us all. Does anybody have anything they want to say? No, it's not. You sure? <laughs> yep. All right. Never reach out to Pastor Ken, Kenny Mack, man. Knows All right. How to do it. Well, listen, guys, he, here's what I just want to say to you. If you are in a church, if you're a pastor, missions pastor, uh, lay missions leader, and you want to hear more about the program, you can go onto this website and you can contact me. I have a contact sheet there, and we'd love for you to fill that out. But look, I really want to encourage you. If you're thinking about something like this, I know that there are lots of trips that churches do, which we appreciate. And they do massive 20, 30, 40 people on a mission trip. Guys, this is just different. This is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about going to a country that sometimes, in this particular country, it's not illegal to share the gospel. But it ended up where Taylor and Benjamin went into a country where it was not real open to sharing the gospel. And so this teaches them. It helps them to be brave. Uh, it helps them to understand other cultures, and it under, helps them to understand a biblical, uh, the biblical narrative of what it's saying. It's not just saying go to poor countries. It's saying take the gospel to where it doesn't exist. And so if you're interested in that, uh, at Liberty, we're going to be starting up the new program here. You'll be hearing about it a little bit more in the summer. We'll start that up in October of this coming year. And then we're finishing up due to COVID our last year's team. And we'll be going with them in December. And then we'll, we go every July. So if you want to find out more about it, contact me, guys. Uh, we'll share everything we have. And uh, I'll try to be as concise and orderly as I'm able to be. <laughs> if not, I've got the Britain boys here to help me with that. <laughs> so, anyway, well, thank you guys for listening. If you have any questions, if you're a parent, student, in Liberty, we'd love to talk with you. All right, thank you guys. Thanks for being here, guys. Right. Thanks, Ken. All right, y'all have a great day.